Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and this is The Great Stories Podcast. Today, I want to share with you a conversation I had with Fernando Ortega back in 2011. Now, if you've ever heard him sing, you know you can recognize his voice anywhere. But in this conversation, we talk about writing a song for Billy Graham, as well as creating an album that is full of ancient Christian songs. So whether you're on your way to church or work or even the supermarket, I hope this episode will draw you closer to the only one worthy of your worship right now, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and that's music from Fernando Ortega and his brand new album. We're just getting to hear it today for the very first time. Fernando on the line with us from his home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, it's been a couple years since we've had you on the program, so welcome back to Haven Today. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be back. Why don't you explain Kyrie? which is from your brand new album. Could you explain that a little bit to our listeners that may not have ever heard that word before? Kyrie eleison means Lord have mercy, and then you say Christe eleison, Christ have mercy, and then you say Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Mm. So it's as, about as, as old as the church, a simple prayer. This would actually go back really far. This song, the Kyrie, would have been sung probably about, we had the Odes of Solomon on last week, which you sing on that project. That would be the earliest Christian music we have outside of the New Testament. But Kyrie probably would go back to maybe 300 AD, 400 AD, somewhere in there. And so uh, to to sing that, as you just did, and then you there's a choir on part of it that we didn't get to hear, it's going back about as early as you can get in Christian music, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the earliest earliest prayers or chants. Hmm. Fernando, let's just talk a little bit about your background. You're from New Mexico. You like Hatch Green Chili, which I do too. <laughs> let's just talk about, you've led music since you were a young man and in Albuquerque, and then you and I first met in Southern California because you were there for many, many years. I was. You've been involved in just about every kind of Christian music out there, haven't you? Seems like it. Yeah, I started out Presbyterian in the um, United Presbyterian Church, which is no longer. And then I became a Southern Baptist and then, you know, learned that whole tradition of hymns. We, We were very, very steeped in the Baptist hymnal. And those were early praise choruses too, Majesty and... Jack Hayford's, yes. Yeah, Jack Hayford's Majesty. And then uh, some of the Keith Green songs and I think we did some of the second chapter of Acts and Andre Crouch songs, of course, Bless the Lord, O My Soul, and mm-hmm. Soon and Very Soon, you know. So anyway, then I had that. Now I found my way back, you know, into a more liturgical setting because we're, we're at an Anglican church. I guess you were a musician already, but you, you were teaching at first, weren't you, before you got into church music? My first real job after college was, was a, as a high school teacher. 
and, and, and loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. I could go back into that. I taught a couple of classes. I didn't teach a couple of classes. I spoke in a couple of classes. I was a guest lecturer at Wheaton last year, and I loved it. Oh, man, once I started doing it, I, I remembered how much I enjoyed it. Sure, sure, I understand. On your new album, Fernando, you've got Just As I Am. I know the words to the chorus, but it's not the same tune, is it? Right. I was asked to write a theme song for a program about Billy Graham and chose that. I mean, it was probably way too obvious of a choice because I think there's a biography of Billy Graham's life called, or maybe it's even his autobiography called Just As I Am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the hymn is so closely associated with him. So uh, I chose the chorus I, and I, I rewrote the music for the chorus and then I added verses and I read a couple of biographies, and then I have, I have somewhat of a you know close tie with the, with the Grahams, but especially Anne Graham. I just got an email from her this morning saying that she had received the copy of the record and she she was really liking it. But um, so I interviewed her for a while before I wrote the song. It was very hard to figure out how to approach writing a song about Billy Graham, based on what Anne told me. I just pictured what a, a prayer would be like from Billy Graham's mouth, you know, now that he's at the, toward the end of his life and mm-hmm. his wife is gone and he's he's very sad about that daily. You know, he he misses her so much and and he's still got this incredible fight in him. That I, You know, when I called, she was at his house and she said that he had just taken a walk down this, this little hill because mm. he was wanting to get mm. back and, and, and preach one more time. She said, I don't know if it'll happen or not. I made the whole song like that, like if Billy Graham were saying a prayer, and then, and then approaching God with that chorus, just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. Mm. I want everybody to listen to it. This is Just As I Am by Fernando Ortega. I waited and waited for God. He turned and he heard me. He lifted me out of the mud His own hand secured me The Lord is my help I will not be confounded So I have focused my face like a flint I'll not be ashamed Lord, I come just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me, just as I am. Without one plea But that your blood Was shed for me I remember one night in the hospital I thought I was dying And my whole life came before me And I didn't say to the Lord, I'm a preacher. I've preached to many people. I said, oh, Lord, I'm a sinner. I still need your forgiveness. 
I still need the cross. Just as I am. Just as I am. Without, uh, without one plea. And of course, Fernando Ortega, and he told us before we heard the song how he wrote it, how he included it. Fernando, how'd you come up with that little part, little clip of a sermon by Billy Graham? Well, the, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association was very gracious and generous, and they sent me hundreds of clips of him talking, um, giving sermons or, or lectures or talking on TV shows. And, and I was looking for something. You know, his voice was so powerful, and he was a, he was a very, very yes. powerful speaker. I was looking for something, maybe somber moment, and none of the clips they sent me were that way. <laughs> and then there, all of a sudden, you know, I found this one that, that you know, said I was, yes. I was in the hospital and I thought I was going to die, he said. And I didn't say to the Lord, I'm a preacher and I've, and I've preached to, to uh, millions. I said, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I need your grace. I need the cross, is what he said. Mm. And it was so plaintive and there was a, a, a kind of brokenness in his voice that just really matched the tone of the song. If you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. Yes, that's the program. You're listening to Fernando Ortega, our special guest, coming to us uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where he lives. I- I've been really wanting to ask you about this because we haven't spoken in a couple of years. You're a father now. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that the Lord would ever allow that to happen, did you, for you and Margie? Oh, that he would ever answer that prayer in such a beautiful way, you know. you mind sharing that a little bit with us about having a, a daughter? My daughter's name is Ruby. My wife gave birth um, on December 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost, so this December will be her third birthday. My wife was 47 when she gave birth, mm. and I was 51. Wow. Please don't compare us to Abraham and Sarah because they were twice the age. But um, absolutely, yeah, you're you're, you're going to grow this daughter up and be a be a good dad and play yeah. uh, play outside and do everything, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's already happening. I'll tell you. Sure. It's just a an answer to prayer. I mean, there are so many years of well, virtually begging God and people praying for us and giving up many times and and then finally giving up and then and then. The Lord blessed us with Ruby, mm-hmm. and uh, she is fantastic. She's she is a beautiful, beautiful little girl, and I don't mean, you know, just to look at her. She is she is a very cute, cute little girl. But I mean, her her, her voice and her personality, and and the, in the mornings, at least for me, I, I can hardly wait till she wakes up. You know, sure, because <laughs> I, I just her voice filling the house sure. is something else. And by the way, if somebody's uh hearing a little bit of music that we're playing underneath us right now. It's, it's, that song is called Ruby's Advent Song, which is from Fernando's new album, Come Down, O Love. And uh, I guess we know who that song was written for. Yeah, well, she was born in the Advent season, December the 5th. And so that first Advent, I was a new music minister. And I mean, I hadn't done it in a long time. So... Uh, Advent took on a whole new meaning. I, I didn't, you know, it's, I had not been in churches that we had such a strong emphasis on Advent as they do in the Anglican Church. So Ruby's birth at that time meant a lot. And then the following year is when I wrote the song, uh, when Ruby was one. And I was on a plane and I was trying to put together Advent services um, for our church for the next four weeks. That melody just came into my mind and and I thought it would end up with lyrics about Advent, but I, I just, I was thinking of Ruby as I wrote it. And 
that's just how it came out, a little cello, a cello piece. Fernando, for you and Margie to now have a daughter in your home, it brings like a whole new way to worship the Good Shepherd. Oh yes, the song on the record, The Good Shepherd, has a, a real place in both Margie's and my heart because we, we learned it at South Coast Community Church where I was the, one of the music directors there for a long time which is now Mariner's Church. That's Orange County, California. For Orange County, California. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newport Beach. And I was there for quite a while. And there was a woman there named Jana Alira, and, and then a, another piano player named Tim Macris. He was a songwriter and a singer. And they wrote that song together. The song had such an impact on the con- congregation, and it was just a real constant song in that church. And everybody loved it. And, and then... After all these years, you know, that was back in 1989, I think, mm-hmm. I still use it. I still sing it in my concerts, and people have always asked if I was ever going to record it, and and I just didn't. But um, when we were recording this record, and I suggested it to John, and I sang it for him, he said, and I remember clearly, he said, I'll bet that song will end up being one that will stand out among the rest hmm. for people who are going through through different things. And is of a, I won't say anybody's name, but it, there's a there's a an Episcopal priest, or he's he's Anglican, who he has I think he has five kids, but they just have a a brand new son, who um, was born prematurely, and he, he's only a pound and some ounces, and he's every moment is a struggle for him to live. So there's this thing on Facebook where that I've been following, and I've been in touch with the family. Uh, because they wrote to me and said, the song that has gotten us through moment by moment is The Good Shepherd. And so um, I called John last night, John Schreiner, to tell him that story because of what he had said about that song. That story I thought was particularly poignant, but there are, there are several other emails I've already received about that song. I am the Good Shepherd Enter in, enter in, enter in. I am the good shepherd. As the Father knows me, I know you. I know you, I know you. Praise God from whom I 
all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise God above. Praise God above. The heavenly hosts. Praise the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That song, the doxology, goes really way back in the history of the church, doesn't it? It does. I, I don't know how far back the doxology goes. Do you? I think I've heard it's maybe 600 AD. I know it's very, very early that Christians all over the world in the Church of Jesus Christ have been singing that. And of course, it. well, I like it because it, it has such great doctrine uh, to the lyrics, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I've been singing that since I was a little kid in the Presbyterian Church, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise him all creatures here below, praise him above ye heavenly host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And of course, you uh, filled our listeners in yesterday on your church background, which is many different churches that you've been to and been part of in your life. And I think they all sing the doxology. (laughs) I think everyone you mentioned yesterday as well. Hey, let's talk about your new album. Come Down, O oh Love Divine. You didn't just make it yourself, did you? It's not just you playing keyboard and then singing. You had other people help you with this album, didn't you? I did. Actually, I set out to make a, a solo piano record. And when I first called John Schreiner, my producer and longtime friend, about making the record, I told him that I wanted to make a solo piano record. I said, I've got a bunch of pieces in my head and parts of pieces that I would like to complete. And so why don't you come out and I'll bet it'll take about three or four days. (laughs) And he said, sure, you know, so. I hear this story coming, go ahead. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I started really working hard and honing the things. And then I I called him one night and I said, you know, I'm, I'm hearing vocals on at least two or three of these things. And so he goes, okay, well, that, that should take about the same amount of time. We'll just do piano during the day and we'll do vocals at night when everything quiets down and everything. And then, you know, by the time he arrived, I really had already decided it needed drums, guitar, bass, background vocals, percussion. Your brother playing my gourds brother, from his my garden. My brother playing gourds that he grows in his garden, you know. Yes. So all this stuff. And then... And John really just looked shell-shocked. You know, he's a poor guy walking from the plane, you know, to go get his <laughs> luggage. And I'm telling him all this stuff, just the look on his face as he's walking out into the street, like trying to figure out how are we going to get this done. But but anyway, it took way longer than three days. It took, it took a few months, actually. Well, Even at the end, when we were finished recording, I came home with all the tracks and I was listening and listening. And it was even mastered. If, uh, so, it, you know, we, we had finished. And I said, it's just missing something. And John John was at his you know, wit's end as to what I could be hearing. He just said, well, let me know what you've come up with. And, and then I came to me, I'll bet I, a choir would, be, would make this right. So, <laughs> so I, I called this friend in Decatur, Illinois. I, my friend Brad Holmes runs the choir department mm-hmm. at uh, Millican University, which is it's a world-renowned uh, choral school. 
Yes. And, and they have a number of choirs there. And I called him and I said, I'm going to be up in that area. Could we set up mics in a beautiful church and record 20 of your top singers? So, and this was like with a week week's notice. So he said yes, and we did it. And it was jaw-dropping. It was a jaw-dropping moment for me musically. Hmm. I'd never been to anything quite like that. But but the, the singers, you know, they were, they were young, young people in their 20s and in their teens. Right. And they showed up with their backpacks and their flip-flops and, and popping their gum and texting. And I thought, how <laughs> in the world are these kids going to make a good sound? You know, they just looked so, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know, <laughs> casual. But then they opened their mouths and started singing. That's unbelievable. And every and, and with, within their own right, I, I mean, each one of those singers, I just thought, could sing circles around me as far as their range and their, their ability to sing in tune and their, their control. They were just so well-trained, and it was just fantastic. I loved it. From the new album by uh, Fernando Ortega, Come Down, O oh Love, that's Sanctus by a, a choir from Millican College at a Lutheran church in Decatur, Illinois. Fernando, they can sing, can't they? You said they could. Oh, it's a beautiful sound. And that church was beautiful. I mean, there was a beautiful acoustic in there. We didn't add reverbs to that sound. That's just what it sounds like in that room. That's the church? That's the church. Wow. That's the room. Fernando, that word sanctus, it really goes back to the early, early days of the church, a few hundred A.D. What, what does that mean? Sanctus is a Latin word, and it just means holy. And so it's used in the services as part of the liturgy in in uh, the Anglican church and, and uh, you know, surely the, the very, very earliest church. 
all the way back. Use the Sanctus, which usually says, as I know it, holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. And then you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Mm. And so whether it's spoken or sung, you know, it's just right out of Scripture, and it's a, it's a great part of the—we we do it right before we take communion. Mm. You know, uh, I'm thinking back when I grew up in a, in a Baptist church as a young child, many Sundays we would sing hymn number one. I'll never forget it was number one, holy, 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 very similar isn't it? Although that was a later hymn. That probably is about a 200-year-old hymn. But it's very similar, isn't it, to just give God the glory and all glory, holiness to him, Father, Son, Spirit, the Trinity. And and it's all there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in that hymn, we use that hymn a lot. So they are very similar in tone. I guess the idea of, you know, Isaiah 6. Yes, yes, to enter the throne room of heaven. Right, and Isaiah falling on his face as though he were dead. I use that hymn all the time when, whenever Anne Graham preaches from that passage, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fernando, let's talk about some more of this new music that you've put on a new album that took longer than you thought it would to produce and create. I guess we could <laughs> okay. call it the title cut, Come Down, O Love Divine, would be that, wouldn't it? Right. This is the hymn that uh, started the whole thing, and I ended up naming the record after it. When I was a music minister trying to find songs for Sunday morning, and the the incredible stress that every music minister I know goes through trying to pick the right songs, and it used to be, you know, for me the criteria was, you've got to, the crowd comes in, you want them to be happy and up and excited and clapping, and so and there were so many lame up songs uh, that you had to choose from. There are not very many good ones. So it would be that horrible stress of, of, of uh, you know, back then going through cassette tapes that were in your library or CDs and saying, oh, no, that song's not too good. Uh, that song's not too good. You know, of course, right. there were the standards right. that were good, but then people complained that we sang them too much. And then you go down in tone, you know, before so you soft or slower. Then you come back up. And it was like this classic a W that you followed, the W grid. Because the end song had to be happy and send them out, you know. But now, when I think of it, every week there's a theme in all four scripture passages that you have to figure out and then find hymns that tie them together. So all that my, my this is just a, too long of a way of saying that the, the criteria is so different now, and I find that so many songs, there, there's no songs that are written specifically, say, about Stoning of Stephen. Where do you go to find songs that are written about that, especially modern worship songs? Where do you go to find songs that are specifically about Pentecost? If you go to any hymnals, Pentecost, is there's not that much written about it for some weird reason. There are just a handful of hymns. But anyway, I'm so glad for the process because I stumbled across this hymn, which many, many people already know, but I found Come Down, O Love Divine, which is um, an Italian guy wrote it in the 1300s, uh, Bianco de, C- de Siena is his name, mm-hmm. and then uh, or Blanco de Siena. The music is a tune called Down Ampney by Ralph Vaughan Williams. Wow. And uh, so there are four verses, and they're just beautiful. I mean, the, the description of the Holy Spirit coming down and filling a person's life, it's just... I've never seen anything quite like it. 
Title song from Fernando Ortega's new album, here on A Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and still with me, Fernando, I've asked you this question before when you've been on the program with me, and I ask it of everyone, but I want to ask you again today. Tell us what Jesus means to you. You know, I think the hard thing about a question like that is, is that it's there's so many dimensions to an answer, and God's love is so multidimensional, and you experience it on very positive ways and in very negative ways sometimes because a lot of times it involves stripping away of things you know to get at what's true just like writing a song you might write an entire song and and then there's only one line in it that's worth anything but you wrote the whole song but then you end up with that one line and, and and that's where the song came from so that's how it is to me a lot of times with how god moves and there's just been so much stripping away i think over the years that when ruby was born we got to see such a profound uh, answer to prayer that I, I don't think either of us expected you know and then a, just a new sense a different kind of sense of what of what a fatherly love is because now i'm a father i can remember years ago a couple coming up to me after a concert and showing me a photo album of their daughter, a three-year-old girl who had tragically passed away from a disease. And I sat with them, and I, and we looked at the photo album, and, and there was this gorgeous little kid. And we cried together, although I can say that, you know, I, I didn't get it like I do now. And I can think back on that couple that, you know, Lex, that was probably 10 years ago. I can think back on that incident now and cry a lot harder over that little girl's death uh, because I I get it, you know. So I guess that's just a way of saying the 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 sense of of a father's love for a child is 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 way deeper now for me than it was, and that's that's a gift, and it's also a pain in that it's it's the kind of love that that can you know. I know later on, as she grows up and we go through things, it can wound you, you know. It can wound you to see your kid hurt or or your kid hurt you or your kid hurt others and not do the things that you hope that they'll do. You know, we're already seeing that. She's in the terrible twos and everything. <laughs> She's so articulate and so so perceptive and everything and so able to articulate wonderful things and able to articulate things that you hope you know she doesn't go say again so that must just so much be like how god experiences with us you know and in his desire for us to reflect him 
and then our daily propensity to to not do it to reflect our own selves you know fernando thanks for taking the question and tossing it back to us and just the lord be with you the lord bless your new album and your daughter and your wife may the lord be with you thank you charles thank you very much it's always good to talk to you thanks for joining me on great stories with charles morris that was a conversation i had with fernando ortega in 2011 And though it's been a decade since these words were first spoken, the idea that you and I need to slow down and worship is just as relevant and applicable today as it was back then, perhaps more so. Well, I hope you've been blessed by this conversation. If you enjoyed it, can I ask that you leave a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But you can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover our other episodes posted on the blog. Thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris.